This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that eschews illegal drugs, except potentially for investment purposes. I'm oh, Andrew yeah. Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. <laughs> this isn't starting well as it feels good, how are you? It never starts well, to be honest. <laughs> Today on the podcast, the wacky tobacky goes legit. We go to the mailbag, dealing with losses. And finally, US Fed raises rates, and so does the NAB. Should you raid your super? But first, Scott. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> oh, dear. Mary Jane. Mary Jane. The wacky tobacco. Yes. Um, it is the latest hot stock. That's right. Share prices are high. For... <laughs> oh, let's, get out, let's get all the puns out of the road. Absolutely. Uh, this podcast uh, is smoking, isn't it? <laughs> there we go. We should tell people, for those who are, who, who are unaware, those few listeners of ours who, who aren't degenerate and who are actually on the level, we're talking about marijuana, of course, and a very particular type, well, a very particular usage. In yeah. this case, we're talking about medical marijuana. Well, so the government has allowed for the importation and growing of right. medical marijuana for medical reasons, and it has spurred one hell of a boom. Um, some may say bubble on the <laughs> share market. There are a few stocks out there Somewhat that are associated with this. Tell us about the one that really took a move this week, Scott. <laughs> yeah, look, before we do, let's take a couple of steps back. Okay. So late last year, the federal government said, look, we understand there are some conditions that are improved or the symptoms of which are improved by people who take marijuana, mostly in oil, mm -hmm. cannabis oil, mm -hmm. um, occasionally in smoking. So it depends on the individual. But there's, there's a decent body of medical evidence now to suggest it's worthwhile. And so the government said, yep, you can bring it in. Now, only a month or so ago, they finally said, actually, you can now grow it here as well. Or in mm -hmm. fact, we're going to allow it. I don't think anyone's actually allowed to do it just yet, but the, the, all, all, everything's positive. At the same time in the US and in Canada, there's a whole lot of recreational marijuana, medical marijuana stuff going on. So this mm -hmm. has become pretty much, you know, it's, a, it's a kind of a pretty big deal in the background. Plenty of people yeah. talking about it. Yeah, totally legitimate. And then right? yep. there was this little Australian company mm. who owned a patent to the stem cell of the orchid. The flower. Wait, we're talking about orchids now. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so this little company, mm -hmm. this three million dollar market cap, this little tiller in the ASX. The whole entire business is worth three million. <laughs> well, it was selling for three million bucks, correct? Yeah. And it and its business was orchid stem cells. Okay. Okay. Um, connect so, you know. connect the dots for me. Well, so here's the thing. Then announcement comes out that mm -hmm. the company is going to not sell lots of marijuana or make a lot of money or anything else like that. This particular little company has appointed an advisor mm -hmm. to see if. The company could possibly, maybe, think about making a buck yep. with medical marijuana. Well, that's okay. Well, why yeah. not? Why not explore it? It's got a, a bit of potential. That as an industry. And investors looked at that calmly and thoughtfully and said, "Oh, that might be worth something at some point." Their share price went up a little bit. Uh, 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 well, no. Okay, how much did it go up? <laughs> it went up thirtyfold, three thousand percent. This little three million dollar company at the end of the day's trade. Wait, wait, wait. This is in one day. This went from $3 million to $100 million Strong. in one day. In six trading hours, $100 million of value was just created by the appointment of one bloke as an advisor to the board of a company that does orchid stem cells. And that might possibly get involved in this industry, <laughs> oh, which has still got a huge big question mark Jesus, over it. I'm glad this is a, a, a podcast. What's, what's the, we've, got, we've got to say the company name. Oh, I don't know if I, 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 I don't know if I actually want to give them any more, any more, uh, any more coverage, but I will just because you asked stem cell United is the name of the company. Okay. Um, now they're not the only ones though, are they? Oh, there's a few of them out there. No, there's a few. There's uh, another one that was a, a miner, wasn't it? That, <laughs> no, so, not even a miner, a mining hopeful. Okay. This company called Queensland Bauxite. Mining shareholders pockets. Was yeah. worth about, exactly. Was yeah. worth about 10 million bucks. Yeah. Looking for Bauxite. Okay. Oh yeah. Is, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Except now they've made an investment. 
in a medical cannabis did their company. Did share price go up? It did. It's, been, it's tripled in the last month because, Whoa. hey, Why marijuana. Not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> so it seems like investors are actually smoking oh. the product here as opposed to look, approaching this in any rational way. Now, like all good bubbles, <laughs> there is a... There is a there's a kernel of truth. There is a kernel it. of truth. So there there will be people um, who would you know um, would say, well, I, we kind of started off this way, right? So look, there is a legitimate use for this. Mm-hmm. There is likely to be a, you know a, a market for this in the future. Yep. Someone's going to probably dominate that market, and whoever that is is going to make a squillion dollars. So it's not entirely <laughs> entirely insane. Oh well, that's mostly insane. But it's mostly insane. There Why was, is it mostly insane? Because there was a dozen companies. Mm-hmm that are looking into the possible supply yeah. of a product that might be able to be sold with an unknown market value yeah. into Australia. Yeah. Now, let, let's assume for a second that there ends up being a commercial quantity of marijuana sold in the country, mm-hmm. which is a massive assumption, right? Yep. So let's assume there is. Okay. Let's assume they can sell it at a decent price. Yep. And the government has regulated the price, for example. Is this stuff or the competition. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say that? I don't know the answer to that question, okay. Andrew, because right. um, <laughs> members of our, our local constabulary are probably listening. I have absolutely no idea. But, but, but I hear yeah. on the grapevine. I hear a on the grapevine. A friend of a friend. It's yeah. not hard to grow. <laughs> okay. So this is the thing. You know, and, and to be fair, you, know, you, you can't grow it on your, on, your, on your balcony and then sell it to someone for, for some money. This is medical marijuana. Yep. But the reality is that people are saying, well, maybe possibly just potentially there might be the chance. Yep. That medical marijuana comes to Australia. And yeah, it might yeah. possibly, maybe, possibly just, if we're lucky, mm. be worth something. Yeah, okay. And there might possibly be some money to be made yep. by somebody. Yeah, sure. But there's 12 companies, all of which are absolutely flying on the ASX right now. Mm. I guarantee you, these 12 companies are not all profit-making companies in 10 years' time. I guarantee it. No, no, not one of them? No, all of them won't be. Oh, all of them, okay. And so this is the thing. Even if one of them is, you've got one in 10 chance of trying to work out which one it is. Yeah. And then even if it is making money, is today's price cheap or expensive? Yeah. Are they, even if they're making money in 10 years' time, is the, are they going to make a million dollars a year, 10 million yeah. a year, 100 million a year in profits? You can't know this. So people who are buying medical marijuana stocks now are absolutely, they're gambling. This is, go and put the money in the pokies. you got better odds walk than down, the pokies. Walk, walk down to the local RSL, yeah. chuck your money in the pokies, mm. see how you go. This is, this is blatant, blatant, blatant stupidity. It's all about FOMO, fear of missing you out. Know it. You see something go up, you've got a sexy story behind it, you don't want to miss out on that. And, and that's what sort of drives all of these things. And again, there are some legitimate reasons to think this could be a good business. Mm. But if you've got something that is now 30 times more expensive than it was, I mean, the obvious thing that I think a lot of people forget is that the mm-hmm. higher a share price goes, the lower your potential returns go. And there is an absolutely inverse relationship that goes there. So even if you want to talk about a big, stable, lovely, wonderful blue chip business, mm-hmm. CSL, for example, great business. Um, would you pay 600 bucks a share for it? No way. Even if the business continues to grow its earnings at 15% per year, you're still going to do very, very badly out of that yep. because you've paid too much for it. Yep. And this thing plays out. We, we, we have lots of bubbles um, in, in, in our market as, as all markets. Before that, it was lithium stocks because you know everyone's going to have an electric car and a power wall and the rest of it. Mm. Again, great, great kernel of truth behind all that. Mm. Lithium stocks went to the moon. Uh, before that, it was graphene. Remember the graphene bubble? Um, then we had, what was uranium there before? And it just, these things come around again and again and again, and it's always the same thing. A hockey stick in the share price just goes up a squillion percent and then reality hits and it comes down just as fast. Um, so look to your earlier point, this is pure speculation. If you want to have a bit of fun, knock yourself out. 
Um, now, if you want to have a bit of fun, go and put hundred bucks in the pokies. Don't, don't spend, don't spend thousand, don't don't waste thousands of bucks trying to gamble on the next bloody marijuana stock. Okay, we, we've made God it. We've, that's unbelievable. Oh, isn't mate, it? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need a Valium after this. Yeah, or maybe, right. maybe maybe something. Maybe something, yeah, yeah, something yeah. else. Yeah, something, something else. Something is gonna relax. Let, let's you. let's just call it marijuana. Let's call it Valium. Okay, Valium. All right. right. Oh, yes. Yeah, stay, stay the hell away, down. please. You keep talking. I'm gonna just take some deep breaths over here and and try and get back on track. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Okay, so... Tell me a story. Okay, well, we're, we're thinking about doing... Uh, talking about loss. Living with <laughs> loss. And, and loss is an ever-present... Poor old James. Thing. I know. We've, we've bumped him a couple of times. He asked this, this question a few weeks ago. One back. simple question, and you guys can't stop banging on long we, enough. We crept on for too long. <laughs> we never got to it. We kept on promising. We're going to do it right now. Uh-huh. And he was talking about loss. And, um, you know... And we thought it's a really, it's a really good topic and it's a broader one. I think it's something that particularly if you're investing in medical marijuana, you Mm. need to, you need to embrace. But I think even if you're approaching things in the most entirely rational, sensible way as well, it's something that you've got to understand and own right from the beginning. I think a big part of successful investing is starting off with sensible expectations. And the reality is, is that there's never going to be anyone ever in the entire history of the world Mm. and in the entire future of the world who's anything they buy is going to go straight up uh, each and every time. And it's just going to be smooth sailing and instant riches. It's obviously not the case. Correct. So, so the other difficult thing is as well as it's, it's difficult to tease apart what is a, a real sustained permanent loss and what is just the normal ups and downs and noise and, and volatility of the market. So you go out there, you're a sensible long-term investor, you do a whole bunch of research on a good quality business, you determine that the price is sensible, you buy it, and lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, you're down 30%. Sounds, like you... a... <laughs> Sounds familiar. Oh, oh mate, it, it's happened, right? It <laughs> totally. sucks when it happens. It really does. But there's a couple of problems here. The, the, the first one is that the human psychology gets involved. So we start, we start letting the market inform us rather than serve us. So we, we, we start making all these normal, uh, you right. know, oh, the market must know something that I don't. What's going on here? Mate, and there was there was a time, I think, I, I want to say six of the last seven shares I bought at this point in the past. I only lost money. After a week or so, on every one of them. Oh, so it's not and just I'm, me. And I'm, and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? You know, how is yeah. it possible the market hates me so badly that I can get this so horribly, horribly wrong? Oh, it's awful. And to your point, yeah. this is this is absolutely just, it's just, it's pure, it's, it's, it's luck. I think we've... If I haven't said before, I should have said before, the reality is if you buy shares that you're hoping to beat the market with, mm. you're, you're by definite, very, very definition saying to the market, you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. And then when the shares fall, we think, oh, maybe the market was right. Yeah. And it, it, literally in the space of 24 hours, you can start to think, oh, maybe I was wrong after all. Maybe the market is right. The, of course, the shares are going to, well, not of course, the shares are very likely going to fall because the market still thinks you're wrong. Yeah. The market's taken a view which says, I hate, let's say Woolies, right? Woolies fall from 38 bucks down to $20. Mm-hmm. Now, all the way down, the market was saying it's worthless, it's worthless, it's worthless. Now, frankly, at 38 bucks, that's probably still true. But when the shares were 20 or 21 bucks and still falling, mm. you could have bought them then and they would have fallen further. And you would have mm. said, oh, the market's wrong. Mm. Now the shares are 24, 25, I want to say, as we take this, something like that. Yeah. So the reality was that even though the shares kept falling, there was a price that in hindsight was a fair price to pay. And yeah. that's the difference. Now, I think the assumption is, is that successful investing is about picking bottoms. You know, It's mm. all about buying low and selling high. 
Um, and obviously that's what you want to do <laughs> over time, Indeed. but it's, it's, it's extraordinarily, I don't know, what's the word for it? Ignorant slash arrogant <laughs> Be nice. perspective. Oh, we all do it. This is, I'm not singling out anyone. You know, we, you, you think that the moment that you buy something is the moment the market's going to come, come to its yeah, senses right. and realize that actually <laughs> this is, and it yep, just, yep. it just never happens. I know personally, you know, I've certainly had a mixed bag of experiences myself <laughs> as every investor has, yep. but some of the better investments that I've made, um, they, I bought them and they went down a lot and they yeah. stayed down. Um, API comes to mind for me. I had that thing at 60 cents years and years ago. Went this down to the pharmacy wholesaler. Yeah. These guys, Priceline Pharmacy and okay. the rest yep. of it went yep. down to 45 cents oh. a couple of months after. So you lost a quarter of your, your money. Yeah. It was a huge, huge Terrible loss. Mistake. And then it stayed there for ages. Terrible then mistake. it kind of got back to 60 cents. And for two, so, so you two made years I was sitting on this thing <laughs> and, uh, it just, oh, it was awful. Um, yeah, but now it's like two bucks, right? And, nice. And yeah, look, look, not, I slipped that in there nicely, didn't I? You did. <laughs> that was subtle. But, but then, well, look, but it, <laughs> so it turns out I was right. It turns out I was right. No, but, but this is the thing. I yep. think you, you need to give your investments time to play out mm. because, you know, and this is why we always stress, don't, if you've got, if you're trying to save a deposit for a house or something, you think you're going to buy a house next year. For God's sake, don't put mm. the money in the share market. Mm. You have no mm. idea what the share market's going to be doing next year. Yep. We could be in the middle of a horrible bear market, a big recession. And even if your business is the best business on earth, it's still going to suffer there. You mm. just, it's, it's, it's really, really reckless to put any money in the market unless I would argue you've got at least a three-year time frame. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's also going to, not just, not just because I'd say of, five for the record. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm uh, a five-year kind of guy. It's a really nice study that's out. And again, we, we can't show pictures on a podcast, but <laughs> it, it sort of shows you the variation close your of eyes, returns. Unless you're, unless you're driving, which let, don't close your eyes. Let me paint you a picture. <laughs> and it, it shows the variability of returns over different timeframes. So right. over a one-year timeframe, it's a coin flip. You know, you, some years you would have made 60%, some years you would have lost 50 This is what, the last kind of few decades? 30 years. Right, okay. yeah, so a lot, and this is the US market, okay, Australian okay. market. This is all markets, right? Total total coin flip. Yep. Go out to three years and then there's a so real- any given assuming, any given three-year period? Any three-year period. Right. So 1950 to 53, right. 1951 to 54, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Every three-year period. 93, 95 to 98. Exactly. Yep. Just, just keep going forward. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they're still losing three-year periods right. in there. But they're a much, much smaller percentage of the winners. Okay. In the Australian market, once you get to five years, there's almost no, and this is dividends included, we look right. at total return, there's and almost should... no negative periods. And when you get to 10, there are none. There are none in history, despite wars, depressions, all of these kinds of things. And so time is the best ally that you have. Now, having said all of that, the other thing I think you need to be aware of is that and I've definitely made this mistake and probably make it again in the future <laughs> where you think, no, 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 I'm a sensible long-term investor. I know my shares are down 20%. Mm. I might buy more. Um, I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to do all the things that I've kind of been advocating, mm, mm. but in some cases that's exactly the wrong thing to do because it, there will absolutely be instances where you're not wrong just because of short-term volatility. You're wrong because you're wrong. <laughs> Your expectations for the business Hypothetically, are completely unfounded. Hypothetically, you're talking about me personally, you're talking about other people just, in general, right? Just in general. Right, right. And, and that's going to happen yep. as well. So, you know, the thing that I think in the, all the great investors talk about this is you have to come up with an independent idea of value. It's got nothing to do with the share market. Mm. We talk about if you're a, a billionaire and you're going to buy a business outright, what was a sensible price to pay? There's a whole bunch of techniques that we're not going to get into here, but you know, it's, it's really about having some kind of idea as to what this business is going to be earning and what you're going to pay for that, for, pay for that earning stream. And if it turns out that your thesis is busted, you know, mm. and, and I, I always advocate that, that the best thing to do is when you're buying a share, 
is get a piece of paper out and write down why you're buying it. Why am I yeah. buying this thing? What am I e expecting? Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the page, write down what needs to happen. I'm buying medical marijuana stocks because, because marijuana. X. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, hey, marijuana. Because why not? Yeah. And then write down what needs to go <laughs> wrong for you to admit it. Now, being being wrong is not... I, I, I'm, not, I'm no longer stoned? <laughs> is, is that a sufficient answer when marijuana it's, stocks are involved? It's worn off, yes. Oh. Um, Sorry, and I was going to let this go, wasn't I? Yeah, well, you oh, were. It's hard yeah, to. It so what you need to do is you need to very, very clearly define these things. And so let me wrap all of this up. I'm going to buy a business because of X, Y, and Z. I buy it, and then the share price falls. Now, this happens all the time. Um, there's, there's been no change. There's been no announcement from the business. They've, they've provided no new guidance. There's, in fact, no news whatsoever. could be something completely unrelated, like a U.S. presidential election or oil prices or something. It's just got nothing yeah. to do with this particular business. And if that happens, well, if you think about it rationally and as hard as it is to stomach, that thing that you thought was good value at say a dollar is now available at 80 cents. Mm. I mean, that, that's a wonderful thing. If we were talking about buying socks and I said to you that- If we're ever talking about buying socks, dude. We really hit probably, a low point. Yeah, 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 we really yeah. run out dry out Next week on the podcast. <laughs> you know, this is a good, the falling share prices are great news for buyers. You yeah. know, you, you should really embrace the idea of falling share price because yeah. things are cheaper. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if it's gone down for very sensible reasons, because the company's directors are now being indicted for money laundering or whatever happens to be, okay, I'm you were wrong, speak. get the hell out, yeah, you know? Totally. So that, so that's the difference. What would you add? Yep. No, look, you've, you've done it in very good detail and you've done, you've covered all the key points. The, the, the main message here, Fools, is that volatility is not the same as risk. That loss is not the same as volatility. It is about what the company is doing and how likely the company is or not to give you a return on your investment. The market and is there to serve, not to inform. Indeed. In the short term, if there's nothing other than share price movements, you've got nothing to fear if your analysis was right. Yeah. If you've got your analysis wrong, then you're wrong either way. Even if the share price goes up, you're still wrong. Yeah. You might get lucky, but your analysis was still wrong. If there's new news, new facts, new opinions that change your mind, then have the courage of convictions to, by the way, either hold or sell, depending on where the price is. Mm. But don't anchor to what you already own or what you have, what price you paid. Sell if the thesis is broken. If you still believe in the thesis, hang on um, and, and, and reap the rewards. Yeah. Easy as that. What's that book? Uh, the little book of behavioral finance? Yeah, uh, yeah behavioral investing. Behavioral, behavioral investing. It's a really James small. James Montier, M-O-N-T-I-E-R. Really, really short book. Really, really easy. And just something that's so well, worth reading to sort of get your head in the right space. Because, you know, we again, we can't we can't do a podcast without mentioning Buffett. And, <laughs> and you know, he talks about that, you know, investing is not about having a, a really high IQ. Thank God for you and me. Um, it's about having the right temperament. Well, and it brings me down there. Temperament is so, so important. Yep. So I don't think. We've, we've flogged that horse until we it's a have bloody patch on the ground, but hopefully that makes sense, James. And, and for the animal lovers out the, there, Andrew, apologise for the, apologize for the uh, horrible, yes, horrible that metaphor. Was a pretty bad metaphor. Motley Fool Money, financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Alrighty. Okay. Last but not least. Medical so, marijuana. No, okay. no, 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 right. no, 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 no. US has, <laughs> the US Federal Reserve, that's their RBA, yes. has increased rates. Speaking of smoking things, yeah. Um, now they, they gave so much warning on this thing that when it actually happened, the market didn't. <laughs> in fact, the market went up, if you can yeah. believe that. There's a reason why, but we'll get to that in a we'll second. We'll get to that in a second. Um, we've also seen here at home, uh, one of the big four banks, National Australia Bank, has increased the interest rates for all of its mortgages, for interest and homeowners and the rest of it. And Andrew, if I'm a betting man, by the time this goes to air, I would almost bet there's at least one more. Why? The banks don't follow suits. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a competitive market. It's competitive. They, they make their own decisions. Of course they do. Of course and, they do. And uh, so, so I guess the question is, but mm. the first thing, first, let's start at the beginning. 
Mm. How can the res how can a Aussie bank <laughs> raise interest rates outside of what the Reserve Bank is doing? Oh, that is such a long, long story. And I'm not going to tell most of it because we haven't got the time. And frankly, we'd bore people to death. For those who are still <laughs> We're doing with that anyway. Mate. <laughs> two no, or three. Don't worry about that. Our, our mothers are still listening. We don't want them to switch <laughs> off just yet. So, Hi, mums, mum, yeah, just just wait there for us. So here's the thing. We, we are so used to banks raising or lowering rates in relation to an RBA rate rise mm -hmm. that we've kind of forgotten that there is enough, there's no rules anywhere in, in either literally in terms of regulations or like. realities. Yeah. Right. And they can, they can change rates whenever they want. Yep. There's nothing that says they should do it every month when the RBA does or doesn't move. So mm. NAB can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. And there is no specific rule that says it has to do things when the RBA does. It's really the interest rate is the price of their product. Their yep. product is money and it's how much they want to charge for that. And they right. can charge whatever they like for better and for or worse. The, and for those who haven't worked in business, the, the quite simple reality is that Woolies or Coles or, you know, your local service station or whatever put, puts price up whenever they can, mm. not whenever they have to. So, yeah. you know, there's someone at Woolies or someone at wherever looking at prices and saying, you know what, I reckon I can charge another 10 cents for those aren't its shapes. Yeah. I'll put the price up. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's no, there's no, there's no arbitrary link between the cost and the price. They will, they will charge you as much as they can. And frankly, Arnold will charge Woolies just as much mm. as they can as well. That's capitalism 101, right? The other thing you've got to remember too, and I'm not, not defending the banks here at all. I'm just trying to give some, some <laughs> context God. to that. Yeah. Um, I've already, I'm, I'm, I'm bearish banks at the moment. So, <laughs> um, but, but the, the reality is, is that we don't have enough savings in Australia mm. for the, well, the banks mm. don't have enough of the savings mm. to, to cover all the money that they're lending out. We so said they, banks have enough savings. What do you mean? It's a deposit. So right. you, pop you, your, you, you pop your money in the bank, you're trying to save a bit of cash. They lend that out to someone else. So our mortgages and our credit card balances are so high, we haven't got money to deposit in the bank. The me? Australian banks do not have enough <laughs> deposits to cover that. That's not, that's so not a, a terrible thing. So the banks, thing. Are, the banks are liquid. That's right. They're, um, they're, 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 got liquidity problems. They're, well, no, because they're they, insolvent. Insolvent is the word I was looking for. They, 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 I'd ask Liam to edit that out, but Liam's actually not here right now. I'm looking at an empty desk. So this is going to have to go to air. Apologies, Phil. So the banks are insolvent because they haven't got enough deposits to cover their No, loans. no, no. They borrow from overseas. Oh. Okay, so so they go over to Europe and the US. And the banks don't borrow money. They lend money. Yeah, but they borrow money to lend out money. Borrow money to lend out money. Okay. Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. So now that money that yes. they are borrowing, yes. like anyone who's borrowing money has a cost attached to it. So there's someone over there who said, I will lend you $200 million, whatever it is, right. and we're going to charge you X percent. Right. Now this is where the Fed comes into it. Mm. So over in the overseas, interest rates are going up, have right. just gone up. So the cost of them, the money that they have borrowed has gone up. And this is what the banks say every time the media fronts them. Shirt fronts them to use the popular terminology <laughs> these days. Hat you, tip to Jay Weatherall and uh, Josh Frydenberg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they say, well, we have to because I mean, we need to maintain margins. We've got to think about shareholders they, and all of that kind of they stuff. just care about the poor shareholders. Now, without bashing the banks or defending the banks or doing either one, I, I think... I think What's my, the fun in that? I know. But well, at least do one of those two I, things. I, I just think, I just think we've... we've We've got to be pragmatic about this stuff. Like we all like to shake our fist at the sky and it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? It's just the way it is and it's not right, but you know, that, that's how it is. So you don't, on, you're, you're the bloke without a mortgage yeah. saying, no, don't worry about the poor banks. It's okay. It's fine. No, I'm Pick not, the bloke without a mortgage I'm, over I'm, here. I'm just saying, that was mortgages, I think, I think what people do, not everyone, but I think a significant number of people, they will borrow money yes. thinking that this big national bank is going to act in a way that is absolutely in the best interest of them. They are in their, <laughs> they are after their own interest for better or worse, yep. probably worse. And, and you know, if you're going to take out a 30 year mortgage mm. and then, and then cry foul because interest rates go up, whether it be out of cycle or in cycle or anything like that, it's going to happen, which is why we've always said, just don't borrow more than you can afford yep. and allow for the fact that interest rates are probably going to rise over that time frame. In fact, I'd bet my left leg that it's going to bet raise, uh, you know, probably quite a bit mm. at some stage over the next 30 years. It's mm. an almost, it's almost certainty. So there's, there's the first point. 
The other point that we made in the introduction here was that should you raid your super? Now, I can't do that at the moment, can I? No. But and maybe I can. God help us if you're ever allowed to. Well, look, this is, we, we touched on this last week, so we won't, we won't go into it too much detail again. But whenever housing affordability comes up, everyone, politicians uh, mostly, tend to think <laughs> that the problem is solved more by increasing people's capacity to borrow and, uh, and spend rather than doing anything about the other side of the equation. Mm -hmm. And so one of the latest one of the, uh, brain farts, you might want to call it, is, <laughs> is that let's just let people oh. access their super. Now, the problem that I would have with this is I would say super is pretty obviously about your retirement. And yep, we're is. now saying you can have it for consumption today. <laughs> uh, and the, the other trouble is it doesn't actually solve anything because if everyone can do this, we just shift the equilibrium across and everyone's now got a little bit of extra money, which means the prices go up further. We find mm -hmm. ourselves in the same situation where we, where we are now a little bit further down the track. Yes, that is undoubtedly true. And I think this is the big, big problem that we have when it comes to our politicians and our decision makers, they are trying to answer the question, how can I help people buy more houses mm. without the price of houses falling? Yeah. So what do you do? You just pump prime the bastard. Mm -hmm. You just, you give as much free cash out. You try and convince people to use whatever they can do, borrow more, save more, you know, anything, anything, anything doesn't stop house prices going up further. Or sorry, doesn't cause them to come down. Mm. I wrote on Twitter, if you're following, if you're on Twitter, TMF Scott P is my handle. Feel free to follow me. To be clear, using retirement savings for today's housing is as stupid as it sounds. Yeah, it I is. think we'll leave it there. I think we should. Thank you so much for listening to us. Don't forget, you can subscribe Triple M Motley Fool Money Podcast through iTunes or the or, or the uh, Android podcast app of choice. And please pop along to fool.com.au. You can sign up to our free newsletter. Forward slash Triple M. Forward slash Triple M. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Until next time, Fool on. Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.